Are we? Okay. That's got to be. We've got to leave that in. Hi, Anna. How are you? <laughs> hey, Caitlin. I'm doing great. Oh, good. Glad to I've been thinking. I've been watching Buffy this week. Every week. Yeah. I think the best thing about starting this podcast is how much I think about Buffy on a daily basis. I know. I want to watch more. It's hard to just watch one episode. I, I just like, I can't I get over how season two feels like the show now. How season one is like, those first ten episodes were like a slog for me. If you are introducing someone to the the wide, wonderful world of Buffy, would you say just start at season two or would you start them on season one? <sighs> I was thinking about this earlier. I hate when people are telling you about a show and they're like, oh, you just have to get through the first three seasons and then it gets good. (laughs) I don't want to be that kind of person because season one Buffy is great, but not as great. Yeah. It really hits its stride in season two. Yeah. I think it's like, just watch watch it from the beginning and it might not get you right away, but by the end you'll be in probably. You're not hooked by episode one when you see Buffy's tiny body flinging itself at vampires <laughs> you're you're not gonna get hooked look at that tiny little body <laughs> yeah well, let's talk about this episode okay let's do it all right well what let is me it? read you the synopsis all right when the body parts of dead girls wait we forgot to introduce hmm? we forgot to introduce the show and the episode oh, fuck start over okay <laughs> god this is just slaying <laughs> This week, (laughs) we're watching Season 2, Episode 2, Some Assembly Required. When the body parts of dead girls are discovered missing from their graves, Buffy and her posse discover that the parts are being used to create the perfect woman, with the final touch being Cordelia's head. (gasps) Meanwhile, Giles finally musters the nerve to ask fellow teacher Miss Callender out on a date, and Angel admits his jealousy over the amount of time Buffy spends with Xander. You leave Angel's jealous of Sander. I find that so stupid. <laughs> I can't wait to make so much fun of it. Um, this episode aired September 22nd, 1997. The IMDb rating was 6.9 out of 10. Okay. All right. We'll talk more about what we rated it at the end of the episode. I have to think about it. Let's see how this podcast goes. Yeah. Ends. I've watched it once. I need to watch it again and see how I feel. Well, you want to get into it? Yeah. Okay. Well, the first thing we notice is that the opening prologue is now nar- narrated by Anthony Stewart Head. That was the first thing in my notes, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the first thing that happens. Um, and then after that, we open on a gravestone of one uh, Stefan Korshak, Korshak, something like that. Born 1971, died 1997. Not important. Nope. And I don't Buffy, care. <laughs> Buffy is sitting on top of it, yo yoing. Which is fun. <laughs> Are you a big yo-yoer? No. No, I tried. I didn't really get into it. I could walk kind of lame. I mean, oh. it was totally lame. <laughs> it's totally cool lame. Buffy does it, though. Absolutely. Yeah. She looks everything she does. Well. Yeah. She's waiting for Stefan to rise, because uh, he's a vampire now, uh, so she can get home to her trig homework. Angel suddenly appears behind her, startling her. And they talk a little bit about how disorienting it can be when a vampire first wakes up. Angel's like, are you alone? I thought you might be here with Xander or someone. Or Xander. <laughs> oh yeah, because last week she was all up in Xander shit. 
And oh yeah, they did that sexy dance. Sexy dance. She did she, that sexy yeah. dance, and he was imprisoned. Yeah, in her cage. <laughs> in his boner. <laughs> <laughs> she asks if he's jealous because she danced with him, and Angel responds that "made it with" is the more accurate term. Ooh. I know. Fuck off, Angel. It was but, a gross dance, though. Oh, like, absolutely. Everyone's, everyone's the bad guy here. Yeah, but also Angel is so old. Yeah, so she admits she only did it to make him jealous, and he says he's not jealous. Xander's just a kid, but his tone betrays him. So they're arguing, um, and they have, like, all the worst parts of a relationship and none of the good stuff. Mm, They've only kissed once. All that tension, you know? Just once? Right? Oh, they're building up for the second one. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be good. Anyway, Stefan finally wakes up. And he breaks up their squabble, and Buffy kind of stumbles and pushes Angel down, and they're both looking for her stake, but they can't find it. Suddenly, Stefan grabs a shovel, and he whacks Angel right in the head with it, and he's down. Angel is not a very good fighter. I don't think I've seen him fight well. Have you? Not notably. Buffy's a much better fighter than he is. Okay, but what is his... He doesn't have a fighting qualification. He's not made out to be a good fighter he's just old he's a vampire he's been alive for a long time okay yeah he doesn't even have money i mean he might i don't know no we just talked about him stealing it oh yeah (laughs) unless he made money as a cobbler back in 19 you don't think he's invested in something what do you do with your time he probably does have a pretty diverse stock portfolio i would think yeah he seems like that kind of guy yeah so okay where were we uh angel's bad fighter angel is a terrible fighter yeah and so buffy takes control of the situation and shoves that shovel right through stefan um which must have been very painful because that was very blunt without missing a beat buffy turns to angel and picks up right where they left off what do you mean he's just a kid does that mean i'm just a kid too she says angel's a little butthurt and he walks away kind of holding his head because he got hit with a shovel Buffy chases after him, and she falls right into an open coffin. We get a really good look at her outfit right here. Did you see? Yeah. Do you like? She's wearing very practical, chunky heels for <laughs> graveyard fighting. Yeah. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, always wearing heels, always chunky. The shoes are chunky. Yes. Uh, obviously. Jesus. And she's wearing a miniskirt, which is very fashionable. Yes. Is she going to the bronze later? No, she's got trig homework. She better not okay. be. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. <sighs> Joyce would not have that. <laughs> she says, gee, I wish people wouldn't leave open graves laying around like this. Angel, Angel surmises that it's probably another vampire that's risen tonight, but Buffy ain't so sure. She mm. sees, stands up uh, in the grave and she's at eye level with the ground. So she's got a good angle to look at the tracks, locking at the tracks leading away. And she notices that whoever was buried there didn't rise from the grave all by themselves. And so upon further investigation, she's looking around and she finds a shoe. It's a white strappy number. And she says she was dragged from it. Everyone's so dumb and Buffy's so smart. I, yeah, exactly. I looked at those drag marks, though, and they just looked like normal grass. Yeah, they seemed inconclusive to me, but we don't have slayer eyes. (laughs) I'm no tracker. Yeah, I'm no slayer. (laughs) She hasn't been around yet. Yeah. Um, so we got the opening credits, and we see that where we just saw Buffy popping her little head up out of the grave in that scene we just saw is now in the credits. 
Oh, excellent. I know. There's another are one they, from this episode. Are they editing yeah. every episode to include I don't know. We should more stills in the credits. Should we look at that more? We should probably look at yeah, that. Yeah, I don't more. know. Keep in- I'll just kind of skip them now and then. I know. I'll I'll try and keep a closer eye on that. I'm sorry. All right. I will continue to not watch it and Perfect. Lay the burden of responsibility on you. Love it. We are at Sunnydale High in the library once more. Buffy and Xander walk through the library doors and they find Giles talking to himself. He's sitting down facing away from them and toward an empty chair. So he's asking the chair out on a date. If it's amenable, he says. And then he calls himself an idiot. Kind of harkens back to when uh, Xander was practicing asking out Buffy on Willow. On Willow? Yeah. Kind of the same shit, except it's an empty chair. Buffy announces their presence, and Giles is flustered. He tries to come up with an excuse. He knocks down a stack of books. He's a mess. Buffy gives him some advice, and she says, maybe you should leave the idiot part out of it, as it tends to take people out of the dating mood. Mm, And then Xander says it turns him on. I can't believe this guy. He's standing so close to her. I don't know. Get a clue, dude. Like, when is he? How many times does she need to shit on him for him to just, like, back off? He's pretty gross this episode. So, oh, also, Buffy's got a new cross necklace. It's much smaller than the other one. Is this the third one? I think so. Or maybe oh, it's the other one. Then. I can't remember what the other if, one looks like. I guess if you're fighting vampires, it comes in pretty handy. Yeah. The bigger are the vampires better. Equally, yeah, I was going to say, are they equally deterred by a small cross as a big cross? Well, I assume bigger is more painful. Bigger is better. Bigger is better. Of course. Um, Buffy suggests Giles asks... Uh, Miss Calendar out for Mexican food. Oh no, I'm sorry. We don't know it's Miss Calendar yet. Not until Xander chimes in asking if this chairwoman is Miss Calendar. And they have some pretty good back and forth. Giles asks, why, why would they think it's Miss Calendar? Buffy and Xander give a few reasons. She's attractive for a person in his age range. Wow. She's just attractive, period, you shit. <laughs> uh, and also, she's the only woman he's ever talked to. <laughs> so. Yeah. That we've seen. Yeah. And it's a good chance it's her. Yeah. So Giles changes the subject. He asks how patrol went last night, and Buffy tells him she and Angel took care of it. Xander scoffs at the mention of his arch nemesis, and she also tells him about the empty grave and stolen corpse. The body, turns out, belonged to Meredith Todd. Buffy says she died recently. She was their age, and Giles suggests they recruit Willow to... Fire this thing up, referring to the computer, and track Meredith down. <laughs> He's so anti-computer. <laughs> well, pretty useful then, isn't it, huh? Yeah, old man. Well, we cut to Willow, and she is looking very important. She's kind of writing on a clipboard, and I can't see her owl- whole outfit initially, but she look- this is like a more mature outfit than we normally see her in. Yeah, she's wearing kind of a mom blouse polo thing. Yeah, it's like but yellow. But it's got a cute cute yellow print on it yeah kind of 70s it's kind of got like a flared uh collar yeah definitely yeah maybe we'll see what she's wearing skirt or something i hope it's a mini skirt and no colored tights oh please please god (laughs) (laughs) um so some kids some kid runs up with a camera and tells her to smile as he takes her picture and she's like no thanks uh then he's distracted by some long-legged girl and starts taking pictures of her Hmm. another guy walks up his name is chris and starts filling out a similar clipboard and she asks what he's going to do this year because every year he wins and she places second so this is a science fair we find out cordy walks up and is irritated 
that participation in the science fair is mandatory. And she looks great. She looks like a little watermelon with a matching headband. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any uh, comments on her outfit? I feel like she's wearing the same shirt as Willow. It's got a similar print and color, but it just looks a thousand times better than what Willow is wearing. Hers is like a halter top with a fluffy ruffled neck and an open back yeah you can see like her entire back yeah she looks very good yeah she looks great and very much like a watermelon you're right. <laughs> so apparently her science fair topic is tomato fruit or vegetable and she says she wants to do something she can finish in a weekend uh that one sounds pretty quick so good choice cordy yeah set your set achievable goals yeah at a girl the same kid with a camera comes up and takes a picture of Cordy, and she's very offended uh, because they're under <laughs> fluorescent lights, for God's sake. Uh, I love that line. <laughs> so, camera kid named Eric says these photos are for his private collection, and then Ew. he winks at her. He's gross. He sucks. Chris, who is the other guy who was talking to Willow before, he tells Eric to freaking chill, and then he takes a picture of Buffy as she walks up to swoop Willow away from that conversation. Cordy walks off to... And so it's just Chris and Eric. Eric is staring at Cordy and tells Chris how fine he thinks she is and that she would, quote, be perfect for us. Chris tells him to stop being an idiot. She's alive. It was these guys. They did it. They're digging up bodies. Hey, you're not supposed (laughs) to solve it in the first eight minutes. Well, it's pretty obvious. Also, Will is wearing jeans. Oh, okay. That's that's a fine combo for her. I love that Cordelia is not offended by some weird dude running up and taking her picture, but she's offended by the lighting, well, <laughs> the yeah. subpar lighting. Obviously. So back in the Willow, wi- <laughs> back in the library, Willow is hacking. Buffy and Xander are watching her, and Cordy walks in, and she says she needs help with her science project. Willow quickly responds, it's a fruit. Cordy says, <laughs> I would have I asked Chris, but then that would have brought back too many memories of Daryl. Who? I don't yeah. know. She's looking for sympathy because she makes like a really dramatic sort of she puts her face, I mean, she puts her hand to her mouth as if, you know, trying to stifle. Like, don't cry, Cordy. It's a weird reaction from her. Yeah, she's looking for sympathy or at least attention. Uh, but mm-hmm. Buffy and Xander ignore her because Willow has found it. She found a newspaper article, it looks like. Meredith Todd died in a car accident last week along with two other girls. And there is a picture of them as well. Because we don't really know which one she is. Her neck was fine, so it wasn't vampires. Mm-hmm. Cordy is still trying to get attention. She says, can we deal with my pain, please? <laughs> and Giles walks in, and he kind of just gives her a light pat on the back. And he says, they're there. And then he walks off. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith and the two other cheerleaders in the photo all died instantly, it says. They were from Fondren High, I think is how you say it. Yeah. Yeah, so this confirms for Buffy that someone did, in fact, dig up her corpse. Um, Cordy is disgusted by this, but I love that she's still sticking around. You know, she's she hasn't left yet, so I don't know. She's I think she's there because she wants to be there. She clearly needs to know if a tomato is indeed a fruit. Google it. <laughs> I just I want to point out that this news article is not... It's, like, in the middle of the newspaper. It's not even on the front page. So in Sunnydale 3... Girls dying is not even front page news. Kids die every day in Sunnydale. Exactly. 
So they were from Fondren High, and Cordy's disgusted. Giles thinks it's a demon that eats the flesh of dead to absorb souls, or mm. voodoo. Willow says, to make a zombie? Giles says, zombies, more likely. Apparently a voodoo priest needs more than one. So this suggests to Buffy that they should see if the other girls' bodies have been dug up as well. Good thinking. And Willow asks if Buffy is going to call Angel, as if she even has his number. She says, nah, uh, she's taking a break from him. So they make some plans, and they even invite Cordy. Oh my god. Unfortunately, she won't be able to make it because she has cheerleading practice. I love what she says here. She's like, boy, I wish you would. I would have known you were digging up bodies sooner. Yeah. I would have canceled. <laughs> but, I mean, damn, Cordy's almost hanging out with them. I know. Okay. Also in this scene, did you notice that Buffy called Angel Ainge? No, <laughs> I didn't know that. She's like, That's... Ainge wouldn't, Ainge wouldn't be interested. Ainge. Ugh, hate that. Mm, Ainge, that's so dumb. Um, <laughs> so Xander <laughs> makes a joke. <laughs> Uh, that if she sees any zombies, Cordy that is, uh, make sure to call them before they eat her flesh. And then she walks away. But Giles says the zombies don't eat the flesh of the living, which is confusing to me because, I mean, I thought zombies wanted living brains. That's a common misconception. Is it? There are many hurtful stereotypes around zombies. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I just assume Giles knows more because he's a watcher. Like, I feel like I have my zombie knowledge, and Giles has a higher tier of zombie knowledge than I do. He's got the real zombie knowledge. Exactly. He knows the truth. They don't eat human flesh. I guess not. What do they... They don't eat the flesh of the living, so what do they eat? Um, themselves? Well, they're dead? I don't know. I guess that's why they're not really around. <laughs> Alright, so what's happening next? Let's see. It's a quiet night... At the Sunnydale Graveyard. Uh, back to this old hangout. And Buffy and Willow are chatting with their backs to like a large tombstone. And Giles and Xander are huffing and puffing, digging up this grave that they've gone to investigate to check if there's a body or not. And I guess they've decided that if there is a body, then it means something. And if there's not a body, it means something else. We'll dive into that later. But Buffy is telling Willow that she can't believe Angel was acting jealous of Xander. And Willow asks if it's because of the sexy dance she did with Xander. <laughs> of course it is. Everyone saw that, Buffy. Oh, my God. It was fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, Willow's also eating powdered donuts. Really? Because I thought it was marshmallows. No, remember in the previous scene, she was like, does anyone like those powdered donuts? <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't uh, put that in my summary. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I, w like, went back and forth watching what she was taking a bite of, and I was sure it was big marshmallows. No, she's just a very good uh, powdered donut eater because oh, it's not getting I get that all over her. Yeah. I get that stuff all over my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Buffy is annoyed that people seem to remember this insane sexy dance that she did with her friend. Of course they do. <laughs> And she goes on to tell Willow that Angel is being totally irrational. And then Willow says knowingly that love makes you do the wacky. Do the wacky. <laughs> which is weird advice. Also not slang I ever used. That's do the wacky. That's not that? No, that's fake. That's fake. That's fake. So Xander and Giles at this point look over angrily and tell the girls to pick up a shovel and help. 
And Buffy replies that no, she's an old-fashioned girl. <laughs> she says something like, I believe that men should dig up the corpses and women should have the babies. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. I think that might be the best line in the show. Yeah? I mean, the episode, sorry. I mean, I get I get it. This, her slayer th- strength might actually help their digging go faster. Yeah. She probably can dig a hole like nobody's business. I know, but she doesn't even try. She's just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> do, you think, do you think they led the boys to believe that they were going to dig once they got to the graveyard and then just got there and sat down? Or do you think they went along and be like, you know we're not digging, by the way, right? <laughs> probably. I mean, I don't we, think anyone expected Willow to, but Buffy. Will not do that. <laughs> seems obvious that Buffy would do it, but all right, she's got to save her strength. Whatever. So they don't have a response, and they keep digging. Well, Buffy and Willow keep gabbing, and Buffy goes back to Willow and says, speaking of the wacky, what was Cordelia on about today, about <laughs> talking about her pain? Who's Daryl? And Willow tells her that Chris uh, mm-hmm. is Daryl's younger brother. Chris, who we saw earlier. Yeah, Chris, who we saw at the science fair sign-up, is Daryl's younger brother, and Daryl was a football player that died last year. Uh, And Willow so cutely forgets the word for running back, and she's like, he's a running, running uh, person who runs and catches. And apparently he was studly, died in a rock climbing accident, and since then Chris has been kind of you know, elusive, wrapped up in his own world. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I guess Cordelia's sad about Daryl or something. I don't know why she's bringing it up now because she's had plenty of yeah. boyfriends in between. She you know, Like the anniversary of his death and she's like, hmm. Is it? How long has Daryl been dead? I'm not sure. Hmm. I think about a year, but that could be wrong. Oh, well, she's dated at least three guys since then. Definitely. Mitch, someone else, and someone else. Not important. Mm. Was there Kevin? No. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, so Xander and Giles keep digging. They reach the coffin, and Willow asks them again if they're hoping to find a body or no body. And Xander is <laughs> joking around says, well, I'm hoping to find a fortune in gold doubloons. Mm-hmm. Good one. I know. Totally good. Uh, but then Giles explains that, well, finding a body would mean that we're looking for a flesh-eating demon. And finding nobody would point toward an army of zombies theory. So take your pick, really. So Giles and Xander go back and forth because they're both kind of scared to open the coffin. And they're arguing about it until Buffy jumps down and does it for herself. Yeah, she finally hops in there. Yeah, she's annoyed. (laughs) Uh, But from like a low angle looking up, you see the four of them, four of their faces of the Scooby gang looking down into the coffin we cut to the next scene, so we don't know what they find. No, but that that scene right there, that little moment, is also the other thing in the opening credits now. Yeah, of course. It's, it's iconic. Yeah. It's a great it's shot. Iconic. <laughs> it's iconic. Yeah, it's up there with, like, Lady Gaga's meat dress and <laughs> Britney's kiss with Madonna. Hot. There's nobody that doesn't know about that. Yeah. Okay, so next scene... Cordelia is leaving cheerleading practice. Oh, yeah. It's at the school. It's after dark. And as two of her friends are leaving, like hopping in another car to leave, she tells them to keep practicing because if they don't nail their routine, no one is going to be led by their cheers. <laughs> she takes this shit seriously. I know. I love it. She's so dedicated. 
the two of them drive away in their car. She and also, now Cordelia. She looks about 30 years old right now, right here. I think it's because, I don't know, she's dyed her hair this kind of like lighter brown blonde color. And she's got bangs and a low ponytail. I think it's the low pony that does it. Yeah, and like, low ponytails no yeah. offense, but they make people look frumpy. I unless know. you're like a soldier from the Civil War. <laughs> Can I tell you something <laughs> tragic? <laughs> I look terrible in a low ponytail. Everybody looks now. bad. Um, I can't wear high ponytails anymore. I can only you've wear got, low. You've got way too much hair. It's way too thick. I have such thin hair. I can put it in the highest of ponies <laughs> and it just evades gravity. I know. I got to learn how to do French braids and mermaid braids. But oh, I, they're easy. I feel like I will never learn how to do that. Will you show I'll me? I'll show you. I'll show you how, after this episode. I'll give you a special fishtail oh, braid tutorial. But what about French braids? Yeah, I can do that too. To yourself? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I only know two types, and those are the two. Fuck. Well, great. I can't wait to debut my new style at work tomorrow. You're gonna look younger than Cordelia looks right now. <laughs> Who shit? Okay, so Cordelia's leaving cheerleading practice. Wait. Her friends have left. <laughs> She's alone in the dark in the street. And Cordelia mm. hears the sound of someone hitting something like a chain link fence. You know, that kind of like metallic. Yeah. You know the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd think she'd she, know better by now. I know. Well, she's just left practice. She's just walking across the street to her car. Yeah. Uh, walk in groups until you get in your cars, lock the doors, and then you can drive away. She's only been kidnapped once so far. Oh, my God. Only once. No, actually, she's been kidnapped twice. Wait, wait, what was the second one? Once was by the invisible girl right. for, to cut up her face, and the second was by the preacher vampire. Was it last episode? Pre- to rate, to bring the bo- master's body back. Yeah, she was kidnapped oh, with Willow. Yeah. And- that was the finale of season one, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. only twice. Okay, so she's only been kidnapped twice. She's, yeah. she's got a few things to learn yeah. about safety. Yeah, only twice. Okay. <laughs> So Cordelia hears a sound in the night, and she calls out, Hello? Eerie-ass music starts playing, and our girl is in danger. She hurries toward her car, scrambling through her backpack to get her keys. And, um, of course, she's driving a red car. I can't tell what it is, but it's red. Suits her. Um, So she's struggling to get the right key into the door to open it. Um, And as the camera pans down from above, Cordelia drops her keys onto the ground and they somehow fall way way under her car i don't know how how that happened Mm -hmm. um but she shouts out something like xander harris is this is some dumb joke i'm gonna be so pissed at you but it's not xander and as she's laying on the ground to retrieve her keys she sees underneath the car a pair of shiny leather shoes walking toward her you sound scared i'm scared I'm scared. There's very scary music playing at this They're point. They're very like, kind shiny. Of, kind of like psycho. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know she's going to die. Um, so she pushes herself the heck up off the ground and she runs. And we see the shiny shoed shadowy figure following her. I think she runs past a dark alley and the figure follows her. But then maybe she's hidden inside of the alley because the next scene we see her popping her head out of a dumpster. Which I never thought I would be Mm -mm. reduced to seeing Cordelia in this state. I know. So she pops her head out of the dumpster, opens the lid, and she comes face to face with 
Angel. Oh, it's Angel. Oh, I'm so glad it's I'm so glad it's you. Uh, and he's like, oh, this is about the last place I expected to find you, Cordelia. Look at his asks, outfit, though. Can we talk about his outfit? What's he wearing? Like he's, a beige trench coat? Yeah, what? I just feel like he should only be wearing black or gray. No white oh. or beige. No shiny black shoes. Just boots and black trench coats. Oh my god, you're right. Maybe he's trying a new look for Buffy? Well, I hate it. Maybe Beat it's out. kind of... I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he saw Xander wearing khakis and he's like, I'm gonna wear khakis. <laughs> he's going the wrong way with this. He needs to think about <laughs> Xander. <laughs> she likes leather. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he catches up with Cordelia in the dumpster and she's like, why are you following me? And he's, of course, looking for Buffy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and decide to be creepy and follow Cordelia to Typical. ask for that. Whatever. And Cordelia says, oh, big shock, she's at the graveyard. And she's fully annoyed with Angel at this point for scaring the bejesus out of her. Angel tells Cordelia that Buffy said she'd be home tonight. Cordelia doesn't care. I don't give a <laughs> shit. What is this jealousy shit? So Cordelia's all out of breath. She's trying to get out of the dumpster. And as she's wiggling around trying to free herself from some garbage bag, she puts her hand down. And then as she brings it back up, she's holding a dismembered hand. Ugh. Cue Cordelia screaming. She's so good at screaming. She's a good screamer. She does a long, loud scream, and the camera sets to black. Commercial Murder. break. <laughs> Insert okay. commercial here. Moon shoes. <laughs> sock and boppers. Moon oh my gosh. Shoes. Do you remember sock and boppers? Yeah. More you fun than a pillow. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> we didn't have that shit books. either. What about a bop it? No, but I had a friend who had a bop it. And Same. <laughs> I was not very fast at it. She was very good. Yeah, well, you didn't have enough time to practice. I know. I think it was like the twist it that always threw me off. It was like a really different kind of motion. There was also like the advanced bop it that had five options. What was the other one? Well, it was like Perfect. a different toy, so it had two extra things. I don't I remember what they were, though. What? Scream at it. Scream it! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, back at the library. <laughs> Xander walks in with Willow, Buffy, and Giles, and they're recapping how they didn't find anything at the graveyard. So I guess both of the coffins that they dug up tonight were empty, uh, meaning that three girls are now signed up for the army of zombies, or whatever their theory is. But Angel and Cordelia are there waiting for them. God, he's still got that jacket on. The beige jacket? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that's bad on him. He should only be wearing that white button-up shirt, but it should be open. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it is pretty open as it is. That's like two buttons down. Well, well, you know, he's a sex symbol. He's got to live up to it. Sex symbols don't wear beige. Okay, get rid of the beige. Yeah. So Angel and Cordelia are there waiting, and as the trio, no, as the quartet quartet enters... The non-musical quartet enters. They stand up, and Cordelia's doing this weird thing where she's hanging on to Angel's arm. And there's a few awkward moments of everyone saying each other's names, like Mm -hmm. Buffy, Angel, Xander, Angel. (laughs) (laughs) So awkward. Everyone is feeling jealous and betrayed in this moment. But Giles... Dude, wait. Cordy is hilarious. She's absolutely hanging off Angel. He takes a step forward. She takes a step forward. She's like (laughs) clinging onto his arm. And she's like... She starts talking and she kind of like nuzzles into his shoulder a little bit. (laughs) She does. She's shameless. (laughs) 
like she's really i don't know is she really that scared or is she really trying no. to stick it to buffy <laughs> she's just yes cute boy i'd be nuzzling his shoulder famously <laughs> too does she know angel's a vampire no Ooh. she doesn't know that and no. i'm guessing she would have a different attitude if she yeah, did probably so everyone's dr- jealous and betrayed giles puts an end to their hormonal crap and <laughs> says sorry now that everybody's here can you guys just be helpful please um, so Buffy fills in Angel and Cordelia that they were investigating someone digging up dead girls. Angel tells them that, fun, they found an arm in the dumpster. Cordelia goes on nuzzling against Angel's shoulder and says something like, why are these terrible things happening to me? <laughs> and I, fa- I think it's so hilarious that Xander does that. <sighs> he does that cough to, like, when you want to cover up saying something mean oh, to yeah. someone. He's like, <clears throat> karma. <laughs> He's such a dick to Cordelia, and I love it. They're dicks to each other. He doesn't take her shit. <laughs> Not anymore. That's fu- That's true. He used to, but he stopped at some point. Yeah, but she's also being a little bit nicer, so yeah. maybe she's kind of realized what Seems, dick she's been. I don't know, there's, there's no bad intentions behind it like there used to be. Yeah. Okay. So, they're wondering, um, so why would somebody go through all the trouble to dig out dead girls just to want to throw them bodies away again? And Angel said that what he found, I guess, in the dumpster didn't add up to three whole girls, though. I don't know if he inventoried the body parts. (laughs) Yeah, he just eyeballed it. There's a leg missing from the foot down. It's missing. I guess, I don't know, he's a man who's maybe got some experience with the... Dismembering? Dismembering, that's the word, thank you. Yeah, but he's got a soul now, he's fine. Yeah, but he remembers. Wait, we don't know he has a soul. Yeah, he said that the the Romani restored his soul. Oh! He fed off that girl. Wait, we we went through that already? When? Yeah, it was in episode 7, Angel. I don't remember that at all. Okay, oh good. My God, it was <laughs> half a season ago. Oh, this is why I'm never going to be good at Buffy trivia. I just forget Angel it. Angel has a soul. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Angel, Angel remember. <laughs> puts forward the theory that somebody, whoever did this, whoever's digging up the bodies, is keeping some parts. Why would they move the bodies from the cemetery to the school of all places? That's a mystery because I guess Cordelia was at the dumpster at school. I think it's time to involve the police and the coroner in this investigation. Why bother? They're (laughs) exactly what they say. (laughs) Usually at this point, Buffy's slayer sense is going off and telling her that it's a demon. But this time she suspects this is a student. But I don't know. know, um, But apparently Angel checked the incisions of these dismembered body parts that he wanced over. And he says that the person who did it knew what they were doing because they were nice and tidy. Willow mentions that maybe a handful of guys in the science club might have been able to do that. Plus her. She's so confident. I love it. Oh, there's one thing she's good at. I could just remember a body that cleanly. I know it. (laughs) Dude, no one can do that in high school. Come on. I don't know. She's probably like cut through one frog. And he's like, that was pretty good. I bet I could also do a body. What are we going to do about this? Buffy wants to check out all of these guys' locker numbers in the science club. Cordelia wants to go home because she's still fragile, and she asks Angel to walk him home. <laughs> Guess who's upset? Everyone. Yep. Buffy, Angel, Xander, they're all upset. Oh, Xander seems okay. Yeah, he's just kind of pissy about Angel being there in the first place. Yeah, I guess you're right. Buffy's like, she is in disbelief that Angel has agreed to walk Cordy home, even though he didn't I, really have a choice. I know. I'm still fragile. 
she, she's walking him out and he's looking back like, uh, help me. What do you think she says to him when they're in private? Oh, like, what, she just talks about herself. You're a salty little snack. <laughs> <laughs> Next scene. We're in the home of someone we don't know. And we see this woman sitting in an armchair in the dark. She's smoking a cigarette and watching old football tapes. And who walks in? It's Chris. This is Chris's house. This is Chris's mm. mom. Yeah. I guess this is what she's turned into after his brother Daryl's death, which is very, very sad. There's like some football trophies scattered around the room, and I guess this is how she lives her days. Yeah, just re-watching old football videos of her dead son. Yeah, so we get the sense that she doesn't love her remaining son that much, because Chris enters and tells her he's going out. She doesn't say anything, but she keeps watching the game. No, she doesn't even notice Chris. No! So Chris leaves, and the people in the the football video are shouting, Daryl! Daryl! And it's very sad. Mm. Back at school... They've got the locker numbers, and they're starting their search of the guys in the science club? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Giles chides Buffy and says, I don't authorize this. I'm a school professional. But then as she hands him a sheet of paper with locker numbers on it, he takes one and goes to look at a locker. (laughs) She's like, you got your butt covered. Go. Yeah, I'm against this, but I'll help you search. That's fine. Mm -hmm. So Willow and Giles open a locker. They find nothing. Xander opens a locker, finds nothing. No, he found... I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they find the newspaper article about the three dead girls. Yeah, and some interesting books that relate to anatomy. What are the titles of these books? Did you write them down? No, what is it? Okay, the first one is called Grey's Anatomy. Okay. <laughs> the second one is The Mortician's Desk Reference. And the third is Robisher's Guide to Muscles and Tendons. And, okay, we realize that the guy who's been digging up dead bodies is definitely Chris. For sure, Chris. But we don't know why. But Buffy, across the hall, says, oh, yes, we do know. We know why. And she pulls back the locker to reveal a poster that's, like, made of a bunch of magazine cutouts forming the perfect (laughs) girl. There's, like, a leg from this celebrity and the arm of this celebrity and now this pixie-haired celebrity with some eyes across. I don't know. It's funny that they have, like, one whole leg and then the other leg is half up to the knee and then knee to foot is a different leg. You You know, most girls have, like, really ugly (laughs) knee to hip yeah legs you got good thighs or you got good calves that's you gotta pick one yeah i only have good ankles i would have Mm. to be only ankles and maybe only elbows if i was cut up i think i'm a calf girl a calf girl yeah you've got very nice calves thank you (laughs) although if i was gonna cut you up i would keep your hair i'd definitely put your scalp on whatever okay yeah it's your finest asset I i would steal your long torso Oh, thank you. It's so long. <laughs> you got to take my ankles with it, though. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so with ankles, that's what I said, yeah. <laughs> this part is also super low quality, like, grainy for me. Is that the same for you? Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, so much lower quality than the rest of the episode. Hmm. It's filmed in low lighting. Yeah, maybe that's why. It took me a while to figure out where we were in this next scene. They're in a room or a warehouse. I think it might be Chris's basement. It um, seems like it. Like the walls are kind of, the windows are boarded up. And there's like some white sheets hanging down over concrete walls. There's some shifty stuff going on here. I know that. So we see Chris and he is cheerily singing Uptown Girl while kind of fussing over the body of 
someone under a sheet. We see an arm poking out, but that's it. And this body is laying on a stretcher kind of bed. Chris is surrounded by diagrams and surgical tools. There's a chalk drawing of a woman's head, torso, and waist. Probably taken straight from the book Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, that's that would take some time to draw that. Yeah, I know. He's very talented artistically. But who else is in the room? It's the creepy guy that was taking photos of all the girls. Eric. Do we know his name? Eric. Yeah. I just called him What's-His-Butt in my notes. Creep. Chris and Eric are in this room. Chris starts hanging up photos that he's taken that are being freshly developed. And we see the photos that he took that day of Willow and Cordelia. So we don't know what he's doing with them. But yes, we do. He's cutting up bodies. Well, those bodies are still alive, so. Those are actually very nice photos of both of those girls. Yeah. Actually, of Buffy, Willow, and Cordelia. Those are very nice photos. Uh, especially Buffy. He's got a future as a photographer. Yeah. Her hair is kind of flippy. Yeah. Like an in motion yeah. shot. Back at school, perhaps the next day, Buffy, mm-hmm. Willow, and Xander are having a conversation atop the staircase where. Everybody seems to get hurt. There seems to be a lot of things that happen at the top of this staircase. Yeah, this is right where Harmony fell down the stairs. Xander is being an idiot. (laughs) And he's saying blah, 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 blah. The things we do for love. When there's so many pre-made girls lying around, why would somebody just try to make a girl? And Buffy retorts that love has nothing to do with it. This is sick. Big sigh. God. Xander... Tells Buffy that people don't fall in love with what's right in front of them. They want the dream. They want what they can't have. The more unobtainable, the more they want it. Obviously, he's referring to Buffy, but come on. Think about Willow. I know. Shut up, Xander. You don't see what's right in front of you, you idiot. He's so Um, fucking salty. The only good thing about this is that Buffy looks disgusted. Yeah. And poor Willow doesn't seem to notice. Um, But she diffuses the situation by saying that, well, for Chris, that means at least nobody's alive. He's only going after dead girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as they're walking down the stairs, they're wondering if it's possible to make a person come to life out of dismembered body parts. I don't know, is it? Mm -hmm. So as they head down the staircase, they see Giles, who is waiting, it turns out, for Miss Calendar. And the gang tries to talk to him, but his mind is elsewhere giles is down to one brain cell and he's he's only (laughs) muttering one syllable words right now buffy gives him some advice before they leave and she says this calendar's a techno pig and just ask her to bless your laptop or something (laughs) they leave and miss calendar at that moment walks beautifully spunkily toward them spunkily that's a gross word spunkily (laughs) she walks beautifully and iridescently toward them nah what do you think about her hair in this scene? Oh, uh, I mean, I hate her. She's tiny bangs. I hate it. So that the like flipped under shell helmet hair look. Ugh. I mean, it, God, she looks so cute otherwise. She, and so cute. I just remember her hair from last season, and I was like, go back to that. That was cute. It did look really good. I know. They start walking together, Giles yes. and Giles. Whoop, 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 they start walking together. Giles tries to ask out Miss Calendar. Yeah. Jenny, she tells him to call her. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, gotta go right now. She's gotta set up the lab before the bell rings. Mm-hmm. And then the bell rings immediately. And she he misses his chance. But also she says, when he's like, oh, Miss Calendar. And she's like, please call me Jenny. Miss Calendar is my father. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So Giles That's and- That's funny. 
<laughs> Giles and Jenny are walking together. And yeah, like you said, uh, she bolts for class, but then she kind of pokes her head back out. She suggests that they talk later at the football game. Which, I'm so excited. <laughs> which Giles <laughs> is, of course, attending. Jenny says they should go together, maybe get a bite to eat beforehand. How do you feel about Mexican? Sounds like a date to me. She's good. She's real good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's a hot girl. She's not so nonchalant about the whole thing. Yeah, she's no problem at all. I've asked out hundreds of men. Mm, yeah. Boys. Mm-hmm. Says Miss Calendar. I've never, I don't know, maybe once. <laughs> How many people have you asked out with this level of... Like a hundred? Um, all right, so we go to the science lab, and Willow is trying to figure out how Chris is going to, how he's going about reanimating a corpse. So Xander's playing with this skeleton head thing. I don't know what you call it, but it's like, it shows the skeleton, uh, like the skull, and then muscles, and the eyes, and like a plastic coating for the outer. Yes, you can see through it. The outer shell of your head. So Buffy walks in and tells them that Chris and Eric didn't come to school today, um, she's worried that perhaps they've been successful. Giles oh. walks in, and he's got some intel from the press, apparently. They found three heads in the dumpster. Hannah, come back. The wine's across the room. Oh, wine. Is that? I was wondering what you were drinking. It is 4.30 on a Friday. Of course I'm drinking wine. Oh, yeah. I'm drinking a porter. Oh. I don't I'm have any. I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of porters. Well, you're a loss. But I'm I'm very happy for people who are. Thrilled. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll probably drink some uh, whiskey after this because it's also my Friday. Shit, yeah. This day. Okay. Anyway, um, so after Xander's playing with the skeleton head thingy, uh, Giles comes in and he's got some intel from the press. He says they found three heads in the dumpster. And they only had three girls, so they're still looking for a head. Giles thinks that that's the missing piece for them until they're done. So, just need a head and they're all good to go. Question. What? Did the body snatcher not bag up the body parts adequately? Or why was Cordelia able to just find this hand in the dumpster? Well, I think they just dumped body parts in there. There's no Why did they dump them all in the same place? I don't know. That's a good question. Pretty pretty dumb to just dump a bunch of three bodies at a school. At the school you attend. At the school you attend. Fucking idiots. Oh my god. We're not dealing with geniuses here. Yeah, they don't listen to any true crime broadcast. True crime (laughs) podcast. But I do. Yeah. I wasn't all of them. Exactly where to put those bodies. Yeah, I have the perfect murder plan. So back at Chris and Eric, uh, they're arguing about their little project. Eric says they need to attach a head soon. The onset of atrophy in the limbs will be irreversible. They are running out of time, clearly. And they can't just wait for another lucky accident like the car crash that gave them three bodies. They need to be more proactive. Basically, Eric wants to kill someone. Chris says he can't do it. Um, he's having obviously having some moral problems with this. Then he turns around and he starts pleading to someone. We see a third person in the room there. He's like in the shadows. And he says, you promised me, little brother, I wouldn't be alone. He steps into the light and we see that motherfucker Daryl. Oh my god. Yeah, Chris's older brother is realived. 
his face has like scars on it from, I don't know, get the reanimation, I guess, or maybe the rock climbing accident. I don't know. So, damn, this is not their first rodeo. Like, I, I, yeah, they've already brought one body back to life. I know. I wonder how long he's been alive. His mom's going to be so happy. <laughs> Good, oh, my God. <laughs> didn't even think of that. I wonder if he needs to eat. Is he alive or is he? I think he's alive. Oh. But he just looks really ugly. Maybe yeah. his body is dead, but it, like his brain is alive. He looks so gray and green yeah, colored. Yeah, he does not look healthy. It's a, it's a Frankenstein's monster look. No, all over again. Daryl is pleading with his little brother to just get this done already. And then Eric says, if you take a life to make a life, the whole thing's a wash. Further evidence that he's a sociopath. Daryl is pleading... Uh, or his pleading turns into, uh, he says, third and long, seconds to go. Where do you throw? Where do you throw? Number five, Daryl's going to drive. Chris responds. This is clearly like whatever they, at football games, cheerleaders or whatever would chant this. So Chris finally relents and Eric shows him his options for heads from the pictures he took earlier in the episode. So that's Cordy, Buffy, and Angel. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. That's Cordy, Buffy, and Willow. And uh, he, no hesitation, chooses Cordy, who is his ex, right? They dated? I guess so. They have some connection. Yeah. That I'm not sure of yet. Yeah, and then Eric kind of creepily cuts out her head from the photo while singing My Girl. Willow and Xander at the library are discussing why the bad guys didn't choose one of the heads of the three cheerleaders available to them, which uh, Willow quickly answers formaldehyde. She's so smart. Oh. Uh, yeah, and Giles is like, of course, it accelerates neural decay in the brain cells. I was just wondering why they didn't use one of the heads, but I forgot about that part. Yeah, the neural decay, Hannah. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> so they need a fresh head, and they decide on a game plan. Xander and Willow are going to go to Eric's, and Giles and Buffy are going to go to Chris's, and then and they will reconnoiter. Giles is all, I was supposed to go to the football game. And so Buffy suggests that they meet, all meet there after all the reconnoitering that's happened. At Chris's house, uh, Chris's mom opens the front door with those same lifeless eyes. She says no words. Um, and Buffy is at the front door and she asks if Chris is home. She just goes and sits back in her chair watching like the same football game she's been watching for months, presumably. She says, Westbury game, November 17th, 1995. She describes his achievements in this game. He rushed 185 yards that night, four TDs. So she's got no idea what's going on with Chris. And she's totally consumed by Daryl on the screen. And she says, he would have been 19 next week. Oh, no. But Buffy sees a door plastered with a bunch of signs that say, like, keep out and no admittance. So obviously that's where she's going. She opens it up and heads down some stairs into a dark basement, and she's looking around and sees some papers on the desk. They're the photos that Eric took of them earlier, and then she sees an anatomical drawing of a human with Cordy's face glued on as the head. And then we see Daryl sneaking up behind her, and suddenly there's a noise, and they both look up, and Buffy quickly escapes out an open window, very agile, like a little cat. <sighs> Can you imagine seeing the photo of yourself and Willow in that basement before finding the cutout of Cordy's head? Oh, God. Um, oh, my God. It could have been me. 
Because I'm crazy Willow! Well, nothing's happened yet. Now she knows they're going after Cordy. Oh my god. I know. Well, all right, we are in the locker room with Cordy and two other cheerleaders. Cordy is applying some lip gloss, and they ask if she's coming along. She says, yes, yes, just one moment. And then when she's alone a moment later, suddenly Chris comes up behind her. No, she is not alone in the locker room. Tell me she's not Dude, alone. She needs Ugh. to just not be alone. She, she Earlier today, I mean yesterday, she was alone and she got jailed. She found a hand in a dumpster. Right, I guess it was Angel. So, okay, that's fine. Yeah, but the threat was there. That's true. It's I hope he threw those shoes away. They're too shiny. Yeah, those are bad. Vampires shouldn't wear shiny shoes. Shouldn't wear shiny shoes. Shouldn't wear shiny shoes. <laughs> uh, so Chris comes up behind her and she asks him if something is wrong. And suddenly a pillowcase is thrown over her head. She's screaming and then Chris just, just kind of looking away in shame. Oh my god. Yeah. So back to Buffy. She has made her way to the high school and she's looking for Cordy and she sees those two cheerleaders who just left her left Cordy their names are Joy and Lisa and she asks where she is Buffy asks where Cordy is so they're bitchy or one of them is and tells her that Cordy is getting her head in the game she doesn't need a loser like her and Buffy's like no we're not doing this right now she slaps her arm like she slaps her hand on the wall and her arm is blocking the girl from walking forward and she's like i'm sorry where did you say and love to see it back to cordy she's on the floor with her hands tied behind her back the pillowcase is still over her head she's screaming and kind of struggling against eric and i don't like the camera angle because it's showing all of her leg legs um yeah i know we don't need that come on but Buffy runs in, and Eric knows he's fucked, and he just runs away. Um, oh, she, sorry, she she fucking high kicks him, and then he runs away. <laughs> and then, uh, which is awesome. I love a good high kick. Cordy tells her what happened, and then she hears the fight song, and she's like, "That's the cue for the cheerleader pyramid in mid midfield. I gotta go." <laughs> she's so I'm funny. the apex. Yeah, you don't understand. I'm the apex. <laughs> it's very important. Yes, Cordia. She's got her. She can compartmentalize, you know. She's got to lead the crowd with her cheers. Yeah. Okay, so Cordelia runs out of the locker room and Buffy's left alone, which is never a good thing. Bad news. So who appears behind her? It's Chris. Buffy makes an impassioned speech to Chris about, I know what you're doing. I know what's going on. I know all about the dead bodies of the dead girls. And Chris who I don't know why he was in the locker room. Was he after Cordelia again? Uh, remember he was, he kind of distracted Cordy so that Eric could throw a pillowcase over her head and tie her up. Oh yes, that's right. So they've both been there the whole time. But I guess oh. Chris couldn't stomach the actual, uh, you know, beheading. <laughs> he could. <laughs> Buffy makes an impassioned speech and then it clicks for Buffy that Chris is creating a girl not for himself but for Daryl. I don't know. I don't feel like she's very convincing. No. But I don't know. What do you say to someone? Yeah. Don't don't take those girls' bodies. Don't do it. Don't do that. <laughs> I know it sucks when your brother dies, but don't kill girls. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so the next scene, we're in Chris's basement, and Daryl is throwing a shit fit. He is breaking stuff, like shaking shelves. I'm wondering if the mom can hear all this noise going on upstairs. Wait, is this in the basement or the science lab? This is in the basement. Okay. Or I thought that they were the same place. I think the science lab's at school. Where they're doing the dissections? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I just thought they were all in the, they were always in the mom's basement. Oh, uh, no, but you're right. They are in the basement right now because Daryl hasn't left the basement yet. This is his first time leaving. Okay. They're going to the body. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so they're going to go see Daryl's dream girl. Yeah. And I can't wait to see how they've put her together. (laughs) Are we going to see it? Three An extra. (laughs) Of course. This is Buffy. They love to show the monsters and the creepy things. What's Daryl's dream girl? Well, she'll be headless. So I don't know if you can show that on TV. Um, I don't know. Who was in their diagram? Well, obviously Cordelia's head will be the apex. <gasps> oh! What a metaphor! <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. It'll be the best bits and pieces of the three girls. Those three girls. Car <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Okay, yeah. so we're in, I believe, the basement because it, uh, there's just, like, old junk and stuff. So I think Daryl is still down there and Chris has just gone to say that cordelia got away yes okay they go yeah to confront daryl okay so daryl grabs chris by the neck and then the other brother eric tells daryl am i getting this wrong remember eric is not their brother oh god i think i didn't know his name when i was writing the notes and so i just wrote the other brother no i think just daryl and chris are brothers they just have all such boring names i know it's hard to tell them apart well, Daryl is dead. D for Daryl, D for dead. Okay. That's how you remember that. Eric. Chris for cowardly. Yeah, what's E? Eric for maybe earthy. He wears a lot of brown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he kind of looks elvish. Elvish Eric. Yeah, exactly. And Chris. Uh, cowardly, yeah. That was good. Or like common. It's just, common. I don't know. They just picked such generic names for all these boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they are downstairs. You can see the uh, hamper of dirty laundry. Oh my god. Do you think they do their own laundry? Like to prevent the mom from coming downstairs? Or do you think... Oh. I don't know. That mom... Does she even do laundry? I don't know. I think maybe Chris is just taking care of himself. I think so. very sad. He's probably taking care of her too. I hope he has other friends and family he can lean on. Truly. I don't think so. Considering We're in the basement. It's extracurriculars. How much dirty laundry is there? I didn't see it. It's just one hamper full and it's tumped over. Oof, okay. Seems like a lot. What? So, back in the basement, next to the mountain of dirty laundry, Daryl <laughs> is throwing a shit fit. He is breaking stuff. He's shaking the shelves. And I'm wondering if his mom can hear all this racket from upstairs, but probably not. She's watching football videos. Yeah. Daryl grabs Chris by the neck, and um, he tries to reassure him, telling him that nothing has changed. No, we just he grabs, grabs Eric by the neck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Daryl grabs Eric by the neck and Eric tries to tell him that nothing's changed. Chris isn't the only one that can create life. He says, let's go scare you up a date. And who do you think it's going to be? Cordelia. Is it Gordy? It's Cordelia. Mm-hmm. They leave. 
Eric and Daryl. And then later on, Buffy and Chris arrive and find that the basement is empty, except for a hamper of dirty laundry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we put a load in while we're down here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we arrive that evening at the football game, and holy moly, Giles and Jenny are on a date, and I'm so excited. When you think about Jenny making Giles carry all of the drinks and snacks and the little pendants while she's just jamming up a storm. Little pendants? Oh, you like the flags? Yeah, those called pendants. I don't know, are they? I don't know, he's got some tiny flags with razorbacks written on them. I think uh, Giles probably insisted on it. Because he's oh, a, actually, yeah, yeah, he's a chivalrous man. Uh, but yeah, also, it's Sunnydale, California, in September. September, and Giles has a scarf and gloves on, and leather I, gloves. <laughs> yeah, I cannot imagine it is this cold out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Je- nobody else is wearing a coat. Is he wearing a coat? No, they're all wearing either overshirts. She's wearing a, a light jacket. A light jacket. Yeah, light jacket is all that's necessary. He's wearing like a full overcoat. It's like a pea coat. <laughs> and a full I don't suit. Know. Yeah, he's he's doing too much. I sometimes optimistically dress for the weather that I think it should be rather than the weather it actually <laughs> is. Like I'm always that person wearing shorts when it's still way too cold in the spring. How does that work out? Well, I get cold legs. Mm, that's tough. I put off wearing shorts as long as I can. Oh, really? I don't I, like hot legs. I don't like cold legs. <laughs> Giles and Jenny are on a date. Giles and Jenny sit down in the stands. They've got all their snacks and drinks. And Jenny is telling him all the reasons that football sucks compared to all the other sports. Um, except that she says football is rugged. And then she lets the word date slip. And Giles notices and thinks he's she's being so cheeky but he's pretty excited that she's used the word date (laughs) how cute would giles be on a date where would he take you if he planned it i guess a high school football game (laughs) no she planned it she invited (laughs) him that's true oh you're right would you say a library museum an art gallery gallery. (laughs) yeah that would be nice or tea shop definitely a tea shop Okay, so they're on their little date. Xander and Willow show up and proceed to burst Giles' horny little bubble. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure what they're talking about, but they proceed to sit right in front of Giles and Jenny like nothing's even going on. Yeah, they said their their mission was a bust. They went to Eric's house, and of course we know Eric is not at his house. What's he up to? I don't know where he went. Cause, well, he went with Daryl somewhere. He's out to create life. Next scene, (laughs) we see someone underneath the bleachers watching the football game, and they see all the football players, they see the camaraderie, they see the beautiful cheerleaders, and then we see that the person seeing these things is Daryl. Is Daryl. He's crept under the bleachers, and he is watching Cordelia, and she's going for a water break. She comes walking toward the bleachers, and he sees her go around the side, and all of a sudden, He's around the side of the bleachers, and he kidnaps Cordelia while she's getting... Oh, shit, dog. Yeah, it's very creepy. He just sort of grabs her from behind, and she screams, but just then, the football team does something, and her screams are drowned out by the crowd screams. It's actually the perfect place to kidnap someone. So smart. (laughs) So smart. He really thought this through. So, he snatched her, 
And then we see a shot of Chris and Buffy coming to the football game. Once again, they're too late. Always one step behind. So the next scene, we are in the science lab. I see now that there are windows. I don't know where they're at, but it's not the basement. Possibly the school or an abandoned building. It looks abandoned. Eric is tying Cordelia up to a stretcher bed, and she's blindfolded. She is still wearing her cheerleading uniform, and she is pleading with them not to hurt her. She is blindfolded and says, I, can you just undo it? Can you take the blindfold off? Daryl does it at that moment. Yeah, and well, first she promises she, not to scream. Yeah, she promises not to scream. And she pleads with Daryl to take off the blindfold. And Daryl takes it off. And immediately she screams. Yeah. Eric threatens to hit her with one of those metal pans. One of those hospital pans where you keep the surgical yeah. trays. Yeah. And well, he also says, like, scream all you want. No one can hear you. So No one can hear you. We're That's in an abandoned terrifying. building. Why does this keep happening to Cordelia? I this know. This is the third time she's been kidnapped. Jeez. Wait, third time? Oh, yeah. Wait. Twice in this episode, first was, right? Twice. Wait. Oh, yeah. First was the invisible girl. Yes. Second was. We already did this. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> That's okay. We can do it twice. Great. I'm reminding <laughs> myself, too. One was by that, um preacher guy vampire when they were hung upside down oh yeah okay we've watched so many episodes yes all the violence tends to blend Poor together when is enough when is enough <laughs> when she stops being so beautiful and desirable uh, never then yeah sorry you're doomed for life Cordelia. <laughs> so she screams in his face and they tell her to quiet down but you know obviously no one can hear her daryl says he's glad that he has a second chance to be with cordelia which I'm not sure if they were together before, but maybe that's why she was sad in the beginning. Yeah, it sounds like they weren't from how he's talking about it now. He's saying, like, you paid me a lot of attention, but I, I always ignored you. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, well, he's going to have her head and have her heart soon enough. So they tell her that ugh, when you wake up, you'll have the body of a 17-year-old. In fact, you'll have several. She screams. She's such, Charisma Carpenter is such a good screamer. Oh, yeah. Scream Queen. So back behind the bleachers, Buffy confronts Chris about where they've taken Cordelia. Cordelia is trying to stall and promising to be with Daryl if he lets her go. And they're preparing the surgical instruments. And just then, Buffy slams the door open. Eric takes the surgical knife that he's holding and goes to chuck it at Buffy. But she... What did I miss? Oh, no. I was just reacting to oh. <laughs> what's about to happen. <laughs> okay, so Eric takes the surgical instrument he's holding and he chucks it at Buffy and she catches it out of the oh. air. <laughs> <laughs> he is not even wearing gloves. He is just going to cut her head off. Did he sterilize that knife? I guess it, maybe it doesn't matter, but... Well, she's going to be dead. It doesn't matter if she gets an infection. Yeah, but I guess for his sake... Oh, yeah, I guess. He probably should wear gloves. Yeah. Buffy tells Daryl that his brother sent Buffy to stop him, and Daryl doesn't believe that Chris could do that to him. Daryl reaches for the butcher knife, but Buffy gets there first and knocks it out of his hand. They have a fight, slam against a bunch of stuff, and at one point in their struggle, Daryl pushes the rolling table that Cordelia's on, and kind of, it goes to the side, but it knocks over a large container of gasoline. Yeah, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Eric move it a moment ago. 
I don't know, just to establish that it was in the scene. But it gets knocked over and it starts spilling out. So Buffy has control of the situation, the badass that she is. Mm -hmm. And she just starts, she gets Daryl to the ground and just starts kicking him again and again and again. And he swings at her, but she kicks him again, like really hard. And he falls backward onto the table of instruments and overturns a lit Bunsen burner. So this open flame knocks to the floor. What does it do? It hits the gasoline. Of course. It it immediately starts a large fire. So while Daryl and Buffy are still struggling, Xander shows up and goes to rescue Cordelia. He runs to the stretcher bed where she is and starts untying her. Buffy is still kicking Daryl and he picks her up around the, the waist. Willow and Giles arrive at that moment and run into the brother and I guess drag him out of the room. Oh, we run Eric? into Eric. Oh, yeah. yeah. So not the brother. Yeah. So like everyone has gotten here at the same time. I don't know how Willow's and Willow and Giles. Yeah. Why are they so far behind out. Xander? I'm not sure. But anyway, the whole yeah. gang is here. How they <laughs> the whole gang out? is here. It's on fire. Yeah. Cordelia's tied up. Also, Daryl throws like a bottle, a big container of oxygen, making the fire even bigger. Oh, that was stupid. I don't, Why'd you do that? I don't know if it was oxygen. It's some gas that made the fire bigger. Do you think the gas and the gasoline were going to be what brought the Cordelia body alive? The dead girl body to life? How do you think that process goes? Electricity? Yeah, that seems to be the That's classic way. Yeah, classic. Jenny, Giles, Willow, Xander, Buffy are there with all of the evil brothers. They're not all <laughs> brothers. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> But it's easier than saying okay. the two brothers and their friends. Okay. So Willow and Giles arrive just in time to drag Eric out of the room. Xander simply wheels Cordelia out of the room on the stretcher because he can't untie the ropes, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, he like jumps on it <laughs> as it's wheeling away. So he jumps on top of her <laughs> as she's like strapped in. <laughs> and he just rides the, the stretcher out of the room, which was super efficient. Yeah, good thinking. Good thinking, Xander. Good improv skills. So Daryl lifts up a desk to throw it on top of Buffy, but at that moment, Chris shouts at him to stop. Daryl turns and sees that the body of his dismembered girlfriend is being engulfed by flames. He, I don't know, forgets about the desk, shoves it aside, and goes to his dismembered love. Yeah, he just kind of like half jumps on top of her, and then we assume he's dead. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know whether to call it like the body parts or the parts of the dead girls or the it's his girlfriend. The assembled body. Anyway, he jumps on top of it and they are both engulfed in flames. Yeah. And we assume there's, you know, that's all there is to see because the next scene, uh, they're outside and there's a fire truck, an ambulance and a police car along with a crowd of onlookers. Chris talks to Buffy, saying Daryl told him he shouldn't have brought him back, but Chris just missed him. And then Angel shows up, and he's like, once again, he's missed all of the action, but he asks if everyone's all right. Giles and Jenny are also, they show up too, and Giles apologizes to her for how the night ended up, and Jenny says a good rule of thumb is to not have such a good first date that it outshines the second. Mm. I know, and Giles is like, second day, what, what, what? Oh, she loved it. <laughs> and then, let's see, Xander and Willow are kind of paired off. So everyone's kind of paired off right now, um, mm. he says, except for us. Um, remember when they kissed? Or they almost kissed? 
Where'd that energy go? I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe they're both deep in denial. You'd think Willow <sighs> would be trying to... Well, I guess she did try to do it once again. Yeah, okay. Good call. Good call, yeah. Willow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's pretty blind. Yeah, because he's talking about how, like, why can't we ever did, get a date? And then Cordy comes <sighs> over to thank him for saving her life and calls him brave and heroic. And it's kind of like, you know, if you ever want to, like hang out or if there's anything i can do for you and he's like you mind we're talking here and he just cuts ah! her off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she she gives like a okay raises her eyebrows and kind of scoffs and then walks away she was so like genuine about i her. know <laughs> that <laughs> about was thanking him the most attracted to him cordy has and ever will be i know although you know he saved her life yeah. By riding her out of the room. <laughs> well, he can't even take a hint. Kind of wrapping up here, we move on to the cemetery, and Angel and Buffy are taking a stroll, uh, discussing the evening's events. She says, love what makes you do the wacky, which Ew. Angel does not understand her teenage lingo. So she clarifies yeah. that the wacky means crazy stuff. <laughs> she shouldn't get slang from Willow. No. <laughs> also, she is not even wearing her jacket right now, but he is. And I just, I oh. don't know. It feels off balance. Do you think vampires need jackets? Or do no. they just do it because, yeah, they don't need jackets. They're just doing it because everyone else is wearing a jacket. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he left his house, like a bunch of people had jackets on. And he's like, oh, I should wear a jacket to blend in. Yeah, maybe he's like, this jacket is, is part of the outfit. I just had a thought. Do what? you think that, okay, so when the weather is really cold and there's guys, you know, a guy walking around with shorts and a t-shirt or like, mm. I think those people are vampires. They're vampires, oh They're my not God. feeling cold, but they're not taking the right social cues to Kill dress appropriate to the weather. <laughs> they're walking and talking. Uh, she's got that teenage lingo and he understands after her translation and says, oh, like a 241-year-old getting jealous of a high school junior. So he's, yeah, he's fessing up to her that he's jealous that Xander gets to be around her all the time and to be in her daily life. He gets to see you in the sunlight, he says. And she says, I don't even look that good in direct light. Oh, I uh, thought that was so sweet. I know, I disagree. Angel says, it's almost morning. And she offers to walk him home. They hold hands and walk off as the pan camera pans to Daryl's gravestone. 1978 to 1996. So, I guess he died a year ago. Shoot. Yeah, that's right. Do you think they dug dug up that grave and then put his body in there? After he died in the fire? Yeah, like just today. Yeah, they should do that. If you were Chris, how would you explain to your mom that your brother had just died again and you were grieving that? Because he would be grieving twice after Daryl died in the fire. You don't. So yeah, okay. Yeah. You can't tell your mom. She doesn't care anyway. Oh, man. I know. He's going to become a serial killer. He's got no. no outlet for... Okay, yeah, he, he did the right thing. He tried to get Daryl to stop. Yeah, Eric's a serial killer. He should be in, in prison. What do you think of this episode? Can you give it an overall rating? I'd say it's, like, pretty forgettable in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But I did enjoy it. I think we got some good Buffy fight action. I loved her, um, her high kicks to Eric's face. <laughs> there were a lot. Yeah. And when she was fighting Daryl, is also some, some nice moves. Cordy was great. I'm going to give it like a five. A five? Pretty okay. middle of the road. I was going to give it a 6.5. Mm. 
I think the prospect of cutting up and reassembling dead bodies is super creepy, disturbing, so I don't think it's that forgettable. You know, I like that one of the brothers had a turning point. Chris turned he turned good. I like to see a redemption story. It's not as good as the puppet show, though. Oh, I mean, what is? An episode I love. (laughs) I think I still like Nightmares the most of what we've seen so far. Well, not the most. No, I like the season finale the most. Yeah, that's true. And I like Angel second most. Oh, boy. I just just love that horny episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's the kickoff of their romance. Yeah, you're right. I I don't know. Will it go any further than holding hands in a graveyard? Who can say? We may never know. All right. So how many people died in this episode? The three cheerleaders? Did they count? Mm, they were from another school. Oh, so we don't care about them? No. Okay. <laughs> they didn't die on screen. I'm, yeah, I'm loyal to Razorbacks only. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sunnydale High is the only one that matters. Okay, so Buffy killed one vampire. Oh, yeah. yeah. The beginning. And then Daryl died. But yeah. he kind of killed himself. He still died. Yeah. I think as a result of Buffy? Do you think that's a... Yeah. I don't know what to count that as. Yeah. yeah. It's not because not of Buffy. She was there. She was fighting him. But he did make the decision to die, right? Should I put high school students? <laughs> He's a student, yeah. Or you could put... All right, like, I'm putting one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love doing the death count. Um, How about pop quiz? Are you ready for that? Yeah. I'm like, I really want to give you this super hard one that I know you're not going to get because I said I was going to last episode. Okay. But then is there a real one that counts? Oh, okay. Okay, I'll give you the real one first. And then I'll give you the hard one after and see if you know. So this can is the I one. Get bo- can I get a bonus point? Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. You can get a bonus fairly. point if you get this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the question is, what is Daryl's jersey number? Oh, God. Is that the easy one? It's it's the medium one. Oh my god. I don't know. Oh man. I, I know where we would have seen it and it would have been in that scene with the mom watching the old tapes, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just saw sports on the screen and it's like my my <laughs> vision just blurs because I don't care. It's like, ooh, hmm, sport. <laughs> yeah, I don't know it. Number five. Number five. He also had that little, yeah, he had that little jingle, too. I don't know the jingle. Mm. Is that part two? (laughs) No, hang on. (laughs) Let me, let me look it up. What's the hard question? Let me look up the jingle, though. It's third and long, seconds to go. Where do you throw? Where do you throw? Number five, Daryl's gonna drive. (laughs) That's not even good. It barely rhymes. I know. They should have rhymed something with Daryl. Like, feral? No. Carol? I was thinking like barrel, like a large barrel. person. That's a good one. Feral. I mean, that also works. Peril? Quarrel? Those aren't words. Per- peril is definitely a word. Oh, peril. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was thinking like P-E-A-R. Peril. Oh. Peril. Quarrel. Quarrel. Doesn't No. Work. Okay. Too, too far a stretch. That's all I Okay. Got. Tell me the hard World. question. Uh, okay. What is Willow's experiment for the science fair? I'm thinking really hard Mm. about it. It was something, I don't know, it had a long name. Uh, do you give up? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, effects of subviolet light spectrum deprivation on the development of fruit flies. Of course, of course. Do you want another question? I wrote down three, just in case. Yeah, please. Right. <laughs> I have to re- redeem myself. I'm not a good Buffy fan. <laughs> How old is Angel? 267. No, it's close. <laughs> 141. <laughs> Darn it. I had him as a geriatric. Mm, not quite. <laughs> All right. So um, no points for me in the pop quiz today. That's disappointing. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to start picking easier questions so that you start picking easier questions okay. for me. Okay. <laughs> I like that plan. Are we zero zero? Yeah. We're zero zero. All right. Let's well, be nicer to each other. We're only two episodes in. What color nail polish was Cordelia wearing in the second to last scene? That's not a real question. (laughs) That's not a real question. I was joking. Okay. Maroon. Probably. She was cheerleading. Actually, Mm -hmm. that would look really good. She wouldn't go yellow on her nails. No, come on. She looks good in dark colors. She does. She's a a real jewel tone. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. What are you, by the way? I don't know. I like to think of... I think I'm a winter. How do you know? I think it just, whatever colors look best on you. Like spring and summer are warm colors, and or some of them are warm colors and some are cool colors, and winter's a cool color. I feel like bright colors look good on me, but mm-hmm. also earth tones. I bet you're a summer. Okay. I don't exactly know what <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> um, if any listeners have any insight <laughs> into this... Do you have a special topic for us tonight? I have a special silly fan fiction to read to you. Nice. I do. It's very short. I'm excited. This is called Attack of the Evil Soup, and it's by Trinity Day, published 1999, Hmm. May 26, 1999. Okay, this is an old one. It was a normal day in Sunnydale when Buffy and Xander met in a school cafeteria Giles' research had not yet discovered any life-threatening prophecies, but the day was only half done. So instead of their usual talk of demons and the forces of darkness, the two teenagers were talking about more normal things. The conversation stopped when Willow joined them. Hey, Will, Xander said. Hey, guys, she answered cheerfully. Buffy eyed the redhead's lunch suspiciously. What's that, she asked. Cream of mushroom soup. It's today's special. Cream of mushroom soup, Buffy repeated. Ew. I can just see Sarah Michelle Gellar's face. Ooh. She's so good at that. It's good, Willow protested. It's disgusting, Buffy argued. Xander stopped stuffing his face with his usual assortment of junk food long enough to give his opinion. Buffy's right, Will. It tastes awful. Stop bad-mouthing my soup, Willow told them. Sorry, Will, but cream of mushroom soup is evil, Buffy said. What? It's not evil. It's good. It's nice. Good. Not evil soup. Great. Great writing on Willow there. That's exactly how she would say it. Just as she spoke these words, the soup in question started to boil. Willow, Xander asked nervously, what's wrong with your soup? Willow was staring at it. I don't know, she admitted, a little shocked. She was even more surprised when two seconds later the boiling soup started to grow. All over the cafeteria, screams of other students filled the air. There was a panic as the whole school rushed to leave. 
There were about 20 or 30 soup monsters slowly crawling toward each other. When two touched, they melded together to form a single, bigger (laughs) soup. (laughs) Soon there was only one giant monster soup left in the cafeteria. What is that thing? Willow exclaimed. It's a soup monster, Buffy told her. I told you that cream of mushroom soup was evil. I'm so sorry I doubted you. So how do we kill this thing, Xander asked. Oh, that's easy, Buffy said with a dismissive wave of her hand. All we need is some chicken soup. More soup? asked Willow cautiously. Are you sure that's a good idea? Of course. Chicken soup is good. So the three teenagers went and gathered up all the chicken soup in the cafeteria kitchen. It, too, started to boil and grow as soon as they opened the cans. Soon it was as big as the cream of mushroom soup monster. It gave out a roar of challenge and started toward the evil soup, which had stopped destroying the cafeteria when it noticed the second soup monster. Soon the two soup monsters were locked in a fight to the death. The (laughs) evil soup monster (laughs) drew first blood, so to speak. The good soup monster leaked chicken soup all over the floor, but the wound didn't slow him down. Once with a ferocious roar, the chicken soup monster gave the final blow. Buffy, Willow, and Xander looked as the evil cream of mushroom soup gave one last (laughs) yell as it collapsed into a wave of soup all over the floor. The chicken soup monster, now satisfied that the evil monster had been destroyed, returned to the bowls from which it had come. (laughs) It It looks like the world is safe once again from the evils of the Hellmouth, Willow commented. (laughs) Yes, but what a mess. The teens looked around. The cafeteria was an awful mess. Soup of both chicken and cream of mushroom variety covered the floors and furniture. Tables and chairs were overturned, a result of fleeing students. Many chairs were broken. The soup monsters were rather clumsy, and too many had gotten in the way in the fight. Maybe we should leave, Xander suggested. Good idea. It was a good idea. Barely 30 seconds passed before Principal Snyder came in, and then all hell really did break loose. The end. <laughs> wow, uh, that's riveting. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I love the idea that some soups are good and some soups are evil. Yeah, do you think cream of mushroom is the most evil soup? No. Oh. No way. Have you ever had the one that's like pea soup, but it has chunks of ham in it? I think oh, that's the most that's evil. that's gross. Yeah. Split pea soup or yeah. something? Yeah, it's really gross. Does ramen count as soup? Yeah, but that's very good. Like, yeah. close to God. Yeah, that's like on the opposite side of the spectrum. The, the Pope of soups. Yes. I'm trying to think of any other kinds of soups. What um, about like an orzo soup? Orzo and like a... a or do a, I have to be more specific? A broth? A tomato soup. Oh, tomato. Okay. Good. I like a tomato-based soup. Yeah, they're good. Does chili count? Yeah? I don't know. Soups and stews are similar. I like butternut squash soup. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, give me another evil one. What's a bad soup? There's not that many bad soups. Soup is so good. I mean, I think just straight up tomato soup is evil soup. Oh, really? Sure. Hmm. Okay. You only eat it with grilled cheese. Yeah, I wouldn't eat tomato soup just by itself. No, that's crazy. We could talk about soup all day. I'd be happy to. But maybe we should wrap this podcast up okay that sounds good this has been a great episode yeah what's going on with your shoulder right now (laughs) um cleo's here i accidentally locked her in the garage today so she's being very affectionate right now because she's happy to be in the in the warm indoors 
Oh, she doesn't know that it was you that trapped her out I know, there. she doesn't even know. That's devastating. <laughs> Your mom trapped you. I'm just the hero that saved her. <laughs> I wish she could hear me through the video screen. She can't hear you. Okay. <laughs> this has been Just Layin'. If you're interested, you can find us on Instagram at Just Layin' Pod or email us with your favorite um, evil good soup lists. Mm. Until next time, happy hunting. Later, Slayers. You don't understand. I'm the apex. <laughs> Wait, Hannah, before we go, I forgot I had something else I wanted to share with you. I am literally wrapping up. I what know, I know. <laughs> I forgot I wanted to share this. This is important. I was looking through my old notes on my phone, and I found one uh, that was titled Things I Have Cried About. And <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember this. And it was, is it your list? Or it's both it must of be your ours. List. Oh, okay. And I just want to read it real quick. Sure. Okay, so four things I have cried about. Uh, writing an email. The sun That's came hard. out it's beautiful sometimes almost had to do with my car oh yeah that's nerve-wracking wow 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 (laughs) and a podcast about segregation oh wow Uh, which one was the hardest cry (laughs) i need to know i don't know the guy with your car probably (laughs) probably not as long ago as i thought it was actually (laughs) oh my god don't tell me what (laughs) okay Uh, (laughs) what's my list things hannah has cried about oh boy (laughs) there's only two but Someone at the grocery store called her honey. Oh, yeah, I remember that lady. <laughs> she was so sweet. And uh, the bank wouldn't give her a letter. I don't remember what that was about, <laughs> but yeah, it sounds devastating. Okay, now we can wrap up. I'm sorry. All right. Listeners, please email us with some times that you've cried. Yeah, what have you cried about lately? Happy <laughs> happy or sad. <laughs> I I watched a Christmas commercial recently that was like, you know, it was about soldiers coming home from war oh, and God. their dogs being really enthusiastic yes. about seeing them. Yeah, I cry about that stuff. Devastating. Okay, email okay. us at justlandpod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>